0: Talk
1: Radio. what's going on folks it's your boy Long Beach Joe and we are back at it so much to discuss so much going on uh you know the New York jets have mandatory mini camps happening right now uh man and Jamison Crowder has restructured his contract. There's so much to talk about, so much anticipation surrounding this football team and everything that we've got going. So let's go ahead and get into it. Listen, I'm the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on The Long Beach Joe Show. So without further ado, folks, let's go ahead and get into the show. I am fired up. Listen, folks, (laughs) I'm also on Twitter as well at youngj 0 the show's page as well as the Long Beach Joe at the Long Beach Joe. I'm also on iTunes as well, okay? iTunes, the Long Beach Joe show. Go there. Please subscribe to your boy on iTunes. Please give your boy that five star rating. You know what I'm saying? Give me some feedback about the show as well. Let me know uh, you know, how you folks are feeling about it, what's going on, you know, please, please, please subscribe and uh give me some comments. You know what I'm saying? I love Hearing, about, hearing feedback and what people think about this show and how much they enjoy it. So, you know, get your boy up on that. But well, listen, it's time to get into it, folks. This football team is moving and shaking. We got a lot of things going on. Mandatory mini camps are here now. And, man, a lot of things have moved. A lot of things have happened. Marcus May's in the building. Jamison Crowder was able to restructure his contract. They're talking about all the good things that we're seeing out of uh, Elijah Moore and Zach Wilson and all these guys, man. So we're going to talk about that. But before we get into it, before we get there, as everyone knows, I am a football fan that lives in California. I grew up in California. Everyone knows that. Uh, We have fans from all over the place, man. And I've been embraced uh, by fans from various cities, various states. So I want to bring on tonight a very, very special Jets fan, a guy that is working his tail off constantly. You know, doing his thing and grinding. He is the president of Gotham City Crew. Call Dio Paulo, I want to bring him on. He's going to talk to us about Gotham City and tell us about everything that they're doing over there with this great group. Listen, Caldeo, salutes to you, and I want to thank you for coming on tonight. How are you feeling? What's happening, dude? How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm feeling great, man. And, again, it's great to have you on. It's always good to talk to you, my friend. Look, I want to start right off, okay? I want to ask you, what made you become a fan of the New York Jets?
0: Oh, man. We're going to back, and I'm definitely going to date myself before that. I appreciate the time and appreciate the invite to um, come chat it out with you. And definitely no president title, um, just a fan. So we rock out. And then um, I guess, how did I become a Jets fan? It's growing up. I grew up in a um my family's from Uruguay and we were a big soccer household so I'm um, first generation here my dad just soccer's life um, and baseball American football, any other sports basketball really was non-existent in our house so it was I remember even one year growing up I played um, little league instead of soccer and he didn't talk to me I think it was close to three months because he was so mad i I passed up on soccer for, for a season. And then um, that's just how diehard of a, a soccer fan he is. And the entire idea is in the soccer world, if anybody watches ESPN Deportes, which is the um, Spanish ESPN, and they see a lot of the, the Euro Leagues, the South American Leagues, a lot of the club soccer teams, they have the stadiums are always packed no matter how shitty a team is it's packed because they're filled with supporter clubs and they're waving banners, flags, um, smoke bombs, uh, really tailgating it up before the game. So I grew up in kind of that environment of just hardcore fandom. And mm-hmm. growing up when they'd been Hofstra, um, when I was a kid, I lived out on Long Island and I went to the same church as Kevin McGuire Cotri, um, James Durth, Kevin Swain, and Pennington. So, mm-hmm. around 1993, they they came in towards the later of the 90s, but around 93, you're at that pinnacle of fandom as a child, and it was either taking the Giants, taking the Jets, and a bunch of the, um, like, practice guys at that time went to the church, so I was like, these guys are cool, I'm going to be a Jets fan. So, yeah. I tell everyone... God wanted me to suffer and learn what love is and, and be loyal. And then <laughs> – because so, right? we all know it's been a struggle. All we can do is laugh because there is light yeah. in the tunnel now. <laughs> yeah. And then and when we signed all the – we had the hardcore draft with Pennington and then signed Mawai and really getting mm-hmm. to know them as a kid and kind of from the church environment just really said, I'm going to be a hardcore and then i really went in at 1997 96 was when i can remember like really going die hard into it and then i went to michigan state for undergrad and my just new york fandom kind of went to a whole nother level because a lot of my friends were from detroit so a lot of the um going back and forth with their teams and Everybody else from around the country, you're just in a a mixed um, statehood of um, fans. Mm -hmm. So it just became a strong defense throughout college. And then I moved to New Orleans after college, and it was um, back when the Saints were the Aints back in the Mm -hmm. early 2000s. I lived there, and um, I moved back a week and a half before Katrina. So so the Saints, when people were wearing bags in the – in the um, Superdome, and throughout time, that, like, the hardcore was built so much from being away from New York, and then in 05, moved back and just attended Jets games here and there, didn't have a lot of Jets fans, and then my son's mother, sorry for the long-winded answer, but it's kind of like, it's no, go ahead, yeah, you know, about it, you know, that's the truth. and my son's mother, um, we were dating, she's from Pittsburgh, obviously a Steelers fan, and I respect her fandom. She was actually um, the year the Giants won the Super Bowl in Indianapolis that season. She was part of the NFL mm-hmm. called the Fan Ambassadors, and she had actually picked the final two to go to the Super Bowl. So, Kurt, I definitely respect her fandom, hardcore, and that became even more elevated in the 2000s mm-hmm. her because, you know, Jets fans, and Steelers, you'd always say six. I'm like, at least one. And then when I the Jets played the Steelers out in Pittsburgh, call up the Jets. I'm like, hey, who's your fan supporter club? You know, soccer teams have it. And they're like, they're talking to me like mm-hmm. I'm the idiot. And I'm like, <laughs> you're not an expansion team. What do you mean? And then get to Pittsburgh, pockets of fans, like away games, and speaking to them, I'm like, hey, would you have a centralized meetup? And everybody's like, yeah, yeah. So had... Had season tickets coming here, and it was just my buddy and I. Had a few, and I would literally look around at tailgates, and I'm tailgating at the trunk of the car with my buddy, and I don't know anyone. And I would just like pop into like different tailgates and just try to blend mm-hmm. in, and people would be like, "Who are you?" <laughs> and I'd be like, this "Yeah, six pack," and he'd be like, "Okay, this is cool, but you got the eyes of like, who are you?" Well, <laughs> <So, laughs> when the Jets in '15. um, I was like, you know what, kind of going to call up the Jets and say, "Hey, everybody's everybody started asking me for my tickets because we got Marshall. Coach Balls was the um, was the coach, and we were going to be good. And everybody wanted my tickets, and I'm like, hell no! Finally, exciting to go. We're we're going to the playoffs, and called the Jets. I'm like, hey, how much are our ten tickets? And then other people had fa- friends turned into twenty, I think, and it turned out to like sixty. And I'm like, you know what? Food, we're just going to be fun. And my dad, he came at 17 to this country cleaning toilets and worked his way up to executive chef. So I told him my plan mm-hmm. and like a typical Latino dad, <laughs> thief of dreams and joy. And basically was like, what do you got? Shit for brains. He's like,
2: what if well, well, the food it, goes? Pictures, um, <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, Go sorry. Ahead. Sorry. Family show. Kinda, Go ahead. <laughs> I apologize. And that was actually his um, saying growing up to us. So he would be like, what if the food, you run out? How are you going to prep it? How are you going to gauge it? So that destroyed that. And I found somebody who tailgate made um, out a uh, deal with him and kind of did a package. And it mm-hmm. went really well. And people were like, who are you? And I'm like, I don't know. And I was like, just a fan. And then started thinking of in like Gotham City, New York. Mm-hmm. And yeah. everybody grows up with their crew, like the B boys in in New York City, and it became Gotham mm-hmm. City Crew. And then we did another outing, and like I would sell scarves out of the trunk, like Jay Z and Nas would sell CDs out of their mm-hmm. trunk in that tailgates, and just kind of forwarded just going to events, handing out cards, hitting the the pavement. And um, one year I did an MTV Cribs version of tailgate. And it was awesome to meet. Yeah, it was awesome to meet so many people. Then it was it was it was really tiring because every week you're like a different spot, and and it just came to like, hey, I'd like to have a centralized location. And I connected with Lou, and and Richie eventually, and and we came together to expand it. And Nikki, my now wife, um, we actually met back in 2012 at a Jets tailgate, so kind of the Jets connected us. And brought us together and she would keep us organized financially and financially healthy, just like, Hey, you can't spend on this. Just, um, a lot of frivolous spending. She, she really cleaned us up there and then just, she really just came aboard and it became the, the four of us to to kind of what it is today. So that's the fandom to then the creation of Gotham city crew. And it's, it's really become a family. And
2: mm-hmm.
0: just really, really exciting to meet so many generations of Jets fans from the tenured ones to the young ones to the young kids that you see them with their parents at games and giving them high fives. So
2: mm-hmm. it's
0: been a it's been a blessing of a a run and very exciting because we're doing that tease for a cause now and and we're able to we print our own apparel, but now just really being able to give back by doing specialized designs that benefit different charities, foundations, um, families, and needs. So a lot of support from there. And it's gone to an emotional support now because then we, we get all fired up and people get angry because yep. of the status of the team. And it, it does affect us from self-ulcers if they're doing bad <laughs> and joy when yep.
1: they're doing great. So... So that was, how, how was like
0: the fandom and Gotham crew yes. in a nutshell.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're 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 are you're, you're taking our respect because and again, it's always great to hear everyone's story because there's so many stories from different fans about how they became fans of the Jets, how their fandom started. Some people is, "Hey, look, yeah. This is just the way my family was, and they said, hey, you know, I was born, and they said, you're wearing green, and that's the end of it. Some people just kind of fell into it. Maybe they moved into the area, and then they became Jets fans just because of that. Some people just – you know, spun a bottle, and then it just landed on the Jets, and fate have it. <laughs> that's what you know. That's yep, or so always a always great game, to hear everyone's you know? perspective. After, yeah, video games. It's all kinds of things that really attracted different people to the team. But you brought up a lot about Gotham mm-hmm. City, and that was what I wanted to talk to you about as well, all the great things that you folks are doing. How can people get involved with Gotham City crew? Where can they find your apparel? Where can they find, you know, uh, to get involved, with you folks to tailgates and all the great things you do because I've been to one of your tailgates and it's something <laughs> yeah. else, man. That, you know, I'm just I'm just telling everybody it's something else. It's a real party over there. Okay, you go there during the, before the game. They're they're having a lot of fun out there. So can you tell everyone how they can get involved? With your tailgates, your apparel, and just find you folks across everything, all your your social media and everything.
2: Yeah,
0: apparel um, and hats. And kind of we'll get into kind of the hats. All our apparel and gear can be found at um, www.gothamcitycrew.com. And then mm-hmm. social media, everything is Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Everything is at Gotham City Crew. So pretty easy. And then TikTok, same thing, Gotham City Crew. I don't use it too much. My son is the one who typically jumps on the TikTok because it's just mm-hmm. so many different platforms. You know how it is. And then yeah, from okay. a tailgate, I know um, that time that you had went. And I'll tell you, Long Beach Joe is a tall dude. Like, <laughs> you give him a pound and you have to look up. And I
2: remember <laughs> I saw him in person, I was like,
0: this dude is, he's a tall dude. <laughs>
1: and it was literally like,
0: oh, man, I got to get on tippy toes to be able to give him a pound.
1: <laughs> oh, man. But it was, you know, uh, I'm, I'm all right. <laughs> Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> you putting put it, sure all, out there. You put it all out there. You
0: put it all out there. Basketball
1: squad, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: and um, tailgating with um, Long Beach Show, we're always at um, J3, and it's really the, the breaking bread of folks where a lot of people, like I had the experience of not having a lot of Jet fan friends growing up mm-hmm. and tailgating with just my buddy and me, and he's my best friend and it would be like, all right, I know so much about you, but we're just here, you know, cooking a little bit and and having a few drinks, and it'd be like, all right. So it's a very family-friendly environment. Um, We have things, uh, a bunch of my friends are on Hot 97, so we'll get um, Hot 97 DJs that keep the music going. We'll have cigar rollers. Mm -hmm. Um, We have drinks, catered food, and for the children, is We have a video game truck, and we have to have their, the TV on the inside, on the outside, so the kids can really partake in it, because a lot of times, is whether it's folks who co-parent like myself, um, single parents, um, parents who are together, but they love football, and to go to a game, you don't want to lose that time with your child, but you do want to be at the game. So yeah. myself having a child, I'm like, I don't want to miss the time with him by going to a game. So we make it really family friendly so that people can come and spend time what they love and build those bonds with their kids. But the kids can also be like, Oh, that was super fun. And they have like their section. And then from obviously Jets fans are probably 90% of the folks that come to the tailgates and everybody has friends who are fans of other teams. And it's not one where we shame them for coming. You know, it's a, it's an, open hug policy in the perspective of like all are welcome as long as people are, are not coming to cause drama and, um, have a good time. And, and we have a photo book too, you know, so people can really get memories.
1: Yeah. And, And that, and that's important. Um, again, cultivating yeah. that, you know, young Jets fan experience, having them come in and allowing, you know, the kids to come and have fun as well. Cause that's how, that's how you continue to grow the fan base. You know, th- again, there's a lot of people that talk about that are Jets fans and the Jets fans if they were young and they talk about how they used to go to Hostra or they went to practices or they ran yeah. into players or they had a good time at a tailgate and it just continued to keep them wanting to bleed green. So that's, that's a great experience that you're sharing. So Now, I want to move over to the football side. We talked a bit about, you know, everything, your fandom and and Gotham City crew and everything you're doing there. And I just want to ask you a question, man. How are you feeling about Zach Wilson? What are your thoughts about the New York Jets drafting him? And do you like it?
0: I was honestly so emotionally detached. And I think it was to see what happens because we've been – through so many drafts where you're like, I want this player, I want this player, and yeah. they end up going a different route. Zach Wilson, mm-hmm. to be honest, I'm a diehard Michigan State fan, so I'm, I watch the Big Ten, and everything else goes into the ball games. So, like mm-hmm. everybody else, I would watch YouTube and say, all right, he's got some throws, but I wasn't fully bought in. I wasn't fully bought in even on Trevor I was kind of leaning towards Fields because of the Big Ten and being the most attention paid to him. Yeah. So it's, once we got him, it was just like, all right, he's my guy, and that's who I'm going to rock with. And then yeah. once we got um, Tucker, it was just like awesome and kind of looked at his tape and kind of what the analysts and a lot of the X's and O's educated fans like yourself. I know um, Rob Sable, and a bunch of other folks that are mm-hmm. just really die hard into the analytics and just really, those are, a lot of you folks that are XTs and just like, you guys are like, you know what, these, these dudes are the real deal. And I'm like, you know what, mm-hmm. I'm all in. And I think with, with Salah, like once we got him, it was, I didn't know much about him, obviously the defensive coordinator, but it wasn't all in where I could say, oh yeah, I always wanted him. He was top of my board. It was, it was so yeah. like, the enemy from the Chiefs because those are the big names that are constantly there. But the one thing that he spoke about that I was just like, you know what? I, I emotionally love him because when he had his press conference, he, he spoke about being humble. He spoke about number one, his family and I'm at a point in my life, obviously with my son that that's the, the root of who, who is of importance to me. So I really connected with him on there. And I think what he said about the players where you have to put the players in the best position to get paid, he gets it. So, and you could just tell, like, like I think the biggest controversy from last year from the team was Mosley from opting out and everybody's like, he's, he's not coming back, but it just shows what, what the presence of, of the coach has done to the the way the Jets are perceived. Because from radio to TV to fans, 99.9% of everybody is really excited and on the same page, which is not normal for the Jets, even from the backs yeah. of the, the Post and other newspapers. So I'm really bought into to what they're doing now and just not – feeling like we're just winning the offseason and the season's going to get here and it's going to be like,
1: oh, man, again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And 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 if that excitement is all around us. You know, we're hearing it from players. We're hearing it from people outside the organization that are not even, you know, affiliated with the Jets. Other players within NFL are talking about just all the things that yeah. come with Sulla and how everyone can just – and just feel the energy. So we're all excited about that. And like you said, Zach Wilson, we're all excited about him as well and to see what he's going to bring. It's a fresh guy. He's got a big arm, a lot of IQ, so we'll see what happens. But listen, Cardigo, before I let you go, man, go ahead and let everyone, again, know where they can find Gotham City Crew, all of your social media and everything, man.
0: Yeah, social media, um, mainly on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, is all at com. From the apparel is GothamCityCrew.com. And one of the things really proud of and really kind of the hypeness of it is um, we do have the partnership with New Era, the Hats um, company. Mm-hmm. So they do all of our um, fitted snapbacks, dad tests, and the stretchy fitted ones. So you can get those on there. And, oh, man, I, I'm just smiling thinking about that question where you're like, about the team and the people outside and and players and and Richard Sherman is the the one that sticks out to me because yeah. he doesn't he's not outspoken obviously he's outspoken against Rivas. <laughs> but that player to player competitiveness but just the the compliment that Salah got an endorsement from him who he usually doesn't speak out like that just really uh um, yeah. it it's it's changing and I see us battling for a playoff spot this year and I think just really um, going to make a huge impact for next year's season. That's, that's my thoughts of where we're
1: going to go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see. There's a lot of a lot of things that have to shake out. The team's definitely looking better than you know than last year, but we'll see how things play out and things work out. Listen, Claudio, I it. it was great I speaking to you, man. I want to thank you for coming on. You have yourself a good night, my friend. All
0: right, brother. Have a, a blessed night, and I'm um, looking forward to, to, to how the rest of the show goes
1: absolutely thank you so much man listen that was called deal paula he called me. (laughs) lots of fire again he's working with the uh, gotham city crew they do so many great things their tailgates are phenomenal they have so much fun so many good things going on there, and their apparel, everything. Again, everyone, please get involved any way that you can with the Gotham City crew and all the phenomenal things that they're doing over there. Now, we're going to move on into just talk about mandatory mini camp and everything that we have going on. Again, 515-602-9639. 9639 is the number call in we're talking the lines are open we're going to get to everybody please just be patient uh you know listen mandatory mini camps have started and there's been a lot going on uh, we're going to start right at the top jamison crowder was able to restructure his contract with the new york jets of course the numbers are you know still being uh you know getting ready to put out there but they haven't been put out there as of yet uh so you look at the situation there according you know to everyone according to reports he's brought his number down again his number was in the ten millions uh, so the Jets were approached him about taking a cut he took the cut stays here uh, and it he comes back and again while this was going on in the midst of everything people were saying oh well you know there were some people on the side of getting rid of Crowder there were some people on the side of cutting him there were some people on the side of trading him um, I was a fan of keeping the guy around because guess what if something were to happen if there were injuries within the wide receiver core, if guys were able to, were to go down, and we had some issues, we would still be able to have Crowder step in and fill in at roles. Um, and I was avid about that. And I know there was a lot of people that just think that thought that things were not going to shake out, but they worked out. And he comes back, and we we're hearing all the great things from him. Where you know he talks about how he feels like there's a new energy, you know, within the team. It feels different. Uh, it says something when you have a guy that is you know, as good as Crowder is, who, you know, could be on another team if he wanted to be, could still be making waves, decides to take a pay cut and stays here. You know, that's big, man. And he even talked about it again, talking about the energy and all those things. So you can see how things have changed here. This is not the same old Jets of the past. People don't, you know, just look at us as a stepping stone. Players want to play here and come here now because there's belief in the front office and there's also belief in the coaching staff, man. You got that. That said something. That said something. So, Jameson Crowder is now back in the fold. He's going to be working things up. Marcus May also showed up to the mandatory mini camp as well. Um, a lot of people did not think that he was going to show up. Uh, there were some people that thought that, you know, Marcus May definitely was going to have some issues and be upset and be angry because, again, he was looking for, you know, his contract to be worked out. Uh, we hoped that it would work out uh, going into the off season, but we weren't able to do that, so we franchised him. Um, and you know now he's shown up and he's doing what he's got to do and that's good I'm hoping that we'll be able to get a deal worked out uh, Before July 15th will, will be the cutoff date uh, for getting him signed and getting a deal in with him If we don't then we'll see what happens going forward But let me tell you something Marcus Mayer is one of the best safeties in the league hands down Especially if we're talking about in coverage. He's a guy that really puts things together uh, he's got he's unbelievably versatile So many different things he can do. There's even talk about him possibly moving to strong safety within this new scheme that we have uh, because he can do so many things. He can come up to the line. He's so great in coverage. So I'm hoping that we can, you know, figure out a long-term deal with him, get things pinned down, and keep him a jet for life, man. So those are two big things going on. We're also going to talk about the tight end position tonight. A lot of stuff going on there. We're already hearing about Chris Herndon dropping footballs, you know what I'm saying? I'm just...
2: <laughs> we're
1: already hearing about that. You know, we we got so much to talk about. Uh, Elijah Moore just continuing to impress, you know, in camp, or, in, yeah, in the mandatory mini camps. He's just, he's phenomenal off the charts. Uh, Dean and Pinnock also getting work as well. Uh, Mims, you know, working with the second team right now. Becton recovering from those uh you know trying to recover from that foot uh, issue that he had. So we're going to get to all of that tonight, man. We got so much to talk about. So we're going to go ahead and get to these lines again 515-602-9639 515 515- 515 602-9639. Call in. We're taking all callers. Please be patient. The lines are hot tonight. Okay? The lines are hot. You know what I'm saying? Also, salute to everyone that's watching. No matter where you watch me from, hit up the chat. I call my chat the savages. Why? Because they are savage, man. Straight savage. Straight savage. <laughs> Listen, they get after everybody, even if they don't like your taste. You know what I'm saying? They're going to get after you. They pull no punches. So wherever you watch watching me from, please give my streams a thumbs up. Also share the stream no matter where you are or, you know, give me some hearts because I know I uh, stream on multiple platforms, and let me know how you folks feel. So, again, we're about to get to these lines, 515 602 515 call in. So we are now going to – I think this is my guy Bill on the line. I think this is my guy, Bill. Salutes to you for calling in tonight. I want to thank you for calling up, in, big my Joe? friend. Listen, what's going on, man? You already know where I'm at with it. Give me your thoughts about Jamison Crowder restructuring his contract. How do you feel about that?
2: Crowder had to restructure. When you take a look at the number he had, uh, even before the draft when he picked up all these new new faces, his number, he, mm-hmm. he's a dead man walking with that $10 million cap. And Then you go ahead and uh, look at, no, he had eleven and a half million. Like salary was he had to cut that down. Then they brought in. Um, you know, then they brought in. Um, you know, the, the Davis came in, so on. he was going to take over yeah, the number one spot. And, and then, yep. you know, you're looking at the. Um, you know, then they brought in Cole. So you know, the, you wonder where he's going to be. So at the end of the day, they couldn't pay uh, at least a number three receiver because you had Nims in the mix and you want him to develop. You're not going to pay a number three receiver ten million dollars. So you had to make that change. So it's a good move. It was smart on his part. I do know. Maybe he felt he's looking $5 million, so he should be happy about that. But at the end of the day, I think it's good for everybody. He gets another year to kind of show and prove. And if there's a market out there for him with, um, you know, any other team, uh, maybe he can get another big payday. So I think it's, it, it works out for everybody.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it does. Again, I, I think it was – it just says something, you know, for a guy to be able to work it out because he could have made a big stink about it. And, you know, he could have said, hey, well, you know, I'm not going to take it. You can, you know, cut me and I'll go elsewhere. But for me, it, it says something when a, when a guy's looking at a situation saying, hey, look, I got, you know, a solid offense coordinator in here now. We got Sulla in the building. And he, even he talked about it, how the energy is different. So to see a guy, you know, he was here last year, but we were terrible. Now we're a young team building up. <laughs> and he's still willing to take that extension, you know what I'm saying, or take take that, that pay cut and stay with the football team, you know, to, to watch us turn it around and get better. So that that's huge to me. And a lot of that uh, credit comes from, you know, Sulla and that new staff being here. A lot of people are believing. The energy around this team is different. It's different than it was last year when everybody was just saying things but not really meaning them. It's a new culture and new this. We saw – we heard that. But we didn't see it, and I think this year we're starting to see that. We're starting to see the attitude yeah. change uh, in these football players. So my next Absolutely. question it starts with is, Joe Douglas. You know, starts with yeah, Joe ahead. Douglas
2: who came go in. Ahead, go ahead. And, yeah, it starts with Joe Douglas when you look at what happened when. You know, I, I have long had this conspiracy theory that Douglas came in and he allowed Gase you know, he gave him enough rope to hang himself, and he did a great job yeah. of that. So you know, at the end <laughs> of the day, when you take a look at the wreckage that he left, Joe Douglas is looking at the owners and he's like, okay, you know, let me run this. And it looks like that's yeah. what they did. They, he, he consolidated power, which we needed, and they let him run it. And he's got, he went out and got Salah, and the Sala, you know, that whole romance was kind of nerve-wracking. They had him come in, he left town, he came back again, and they, you know, and they signed him up. And, you know, everything you hear from anyone who, who's, you know, taken a look and sat down with these guys, you know, like you said, the, the mood is different, the mood has changed. Um, yeah. you know, players there now uh, have a different mindset. They have no idea what happened last year, 10 years ago. They don't care. They just want to win now, and they've got a good team there. So, I think it all started with uh, just as some how we should thank Gaze for just being such a disaster that it really gave the ownership no other choice but to just say, Hey you know Joe Douglas, you just do what you gotta do, and now it's looking pretty good,
1: yeah, yeah I mean Gaze was a, that 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 those two years with him were well, <laughs> Oh, man, straight car crashes, bro. Like <laughs> It was, keep you know, we couldn't keep our hands on the wheel. Things just got out of control, and it was bad, man. Oh, goodness gracious. But I'm glad that that time is behind us, and, and we are moving forward. And like you said, it's just a, a new feeling surrounded by this team. So now I want to go to the tight end position with you, man. And I'm looking at this situation, and, you know, you got a lot of names in there. You got, you know. Chris Herndon is a name that everyone's talking about right now. People are still waiting for him to you know kind of come about and figure things out you got croft Griffins there Brown Wesco yaboa, so many names there. What are your thoughts about this tight end position and do you think that chris herndon that is his his uh his starting spot to lose
2: uh yeah it's, I don't think uh i wouldn't he shouldn't get too comfortable i mean there's a lot of talent behind him a lot of guys who will look, looking to be in the mix. And, again, you know, we take a look at the different uh, guys controlling the levers. I mean, they have a new offensive coordinator in there, a new scheme that we're still not 100% sure about, and we want to say it's going to be Shanahan. But, you know, we really don't know what that's going to look like with the 1st year offensive coordinator, what his tweaks are going to be. So if that's the case, yeah. then you know, we're going to need some blocking tight ends. So you got Wesco and I like Griffin. A lot of people don't like Griffin. I really like Griffin blocking last year. He did a, lot, a really good job. When you go back and look at some of the video, uh, he was very, very solid in that capacity. So, I, you know, Wesco or Griffin, you got one of those guys, Maybe he's an H-back and blocking back, uh, blocking tight end. And then, you know, you have Herndon. I mean, the guy, I don't know if he had a really great opportunity last year to showcase himself. But I thought, you know, when he had flashes at times, the ball didn't come his way a whole lot. Um, and then you have Yaboa, who everyone's excited about. I mean, they paid him a lot of money. He's a no-drafted free agent. I, you know, in pre-draft, I, I look at some footage. I mean, I really liked him a lot. I, I didn't really know him because I forgot where he was. He transferred, I think it was Temple, and he transferred either from Temple or somewhere else to – um, to old Miss, and yep. I mean, the guy's a stud. So we take a look at that guy, I think he could have a lot of upside, but uh, I don't necessarily think that Herndon, um, he's a shoo-in. I don't think he's just a shoe in to get cut, but I think it's all up in the air, and it's just going to depend on, you know, the reps these guys get. There's a lot of guys out there. A lot of guys going to have spread around those reps. Um, so whomever takes the jump early on is going to have to hold on to that because, um, you know, you have to rotate these guys back and forth and evaluate so Herndon, uh, if he puts his good foot forward, which I don't know if he has at this point in training camp, um, it's just starting and all, but, you know, these guys are going to have a lot of reps to make a name for themselves. But, you know, we we'll to watch and see. But I think there's such a deep group of guys and they're pretty diverse that, you know, the the, the right guys will st- stand up and, uh, you know, the coaching staff will pick the right guys. So I think basically yeah. we have enough, yeah. enough guys to throw at the wall and see what sticks.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I look at it like this. Chris Herndon, to me, is not safe. Uh, I know a lot of people pretty much have shooed him into that tight end position, and he's just going to be yeah. the starter, and that's said that and done. But in my mind, it's like, uh, listen, Kenny Yaboa. Uh, again, I know he's undrafted, but the Jets had a fourth-round ranking on him. So to yeah. me, Yaboa is a guy that can easily come in and take this tight end position, especially when you look at, that guy's athletic. He can move, man. He's a guy that can make plays. So if he come in yeah. and shines, and this is one of the things that I talked about when I talked about some of these young draft, some of these kids that we just drafted, that's a guy that I think could come up and snatch a starting spot, along with some of the corners sure. that we took as well, that could come in and snatch our right there. There's big questions at, corner, at cornerback here as well. But, you know, if yeah. I look at Kenny Yeboah, he's a guy that can threaten him for a starting spot. Like you said as well, some of the blocking tight ends, I think West is probably going to fill that role. Brown's probably going to fill that role as well. Griffin is a good tight end, too. He may play as hell. He was a guy that stepped in and started over Herndon. Uh, was able to make plays out there, you know. And, again, he was dealing with Adam Gaze and that garbage scheme. So, you know, there's some some questions. You know, there's some questions there at tight end, you know. And a a lot of people say, hey, you know, Joe, you're always so tough on Chris Herndon. And it's because every year people tell me how Chris Herndon is going to turn things around, every year. Every year people tell me how he's going to be the guy that's going to come in and and he never does that. And we're looking, we're now, you know, going down yet another deal, yet another year. Where we just brought in a young quarterback, we need to give this guy as many options as possible to get the ball to. We need to give him every piece, every single set of reliable hands that we can muster. We need to make sure that he has so he succeeds here. You know what I'm saying? So that's my thing, and I'm just looking to see. Well, we'll see
2: what happens with uh, the. Yeah, with your boy Herndon. I mean, again, like you said, I wasn't a huge guy Herndon guy coming out of Miami either when he came out, um, so I gave him his dot with the Jets, and yeah, like, you know, I was like, I was not impressed with the guy. We'll see what happens when he gets this pressure. Like I said, he's been around for a while, so he has an advantage over everyone else there being in the system or with the team and, and being a professional, so, you know, it, yeah. is, like I said, it's his, his to lose. This is it. So we'll see what happens at the end of the day. You know, the guy gets his pocket yep. papers, you know, we're, we're not really going to shed a whole lot of tears, but if he, if he rides at the occasion, then, you know, we can all... You know, hopefully, see that this guy is, is everything he's, he was talked up to be. So, but you mentioned the yeah. cornerback. So, what do you what do you think about the cornerback situation? Everyone's still talking about we need to get a, uh, a veteran in there. Salah so basically said, you know, we, we don't want to take reps away from the young guys. We have got a lot of a lot of guys out mm-hmm. there who uh, we want to see what they have to to, to show improves. What do you think about that? Do you want to get a Richard Sherman in, or what do you think?
1: Ooh, yeah, you know, and, and, and we'll definitely talk about this right before I let you go. But listen. This cornerback position, is there's a lot of question marks, okay? And like you said as well, and I'll talk about that too. I'll about bringing Sherman in as well. This was way back uh, earlier in the, uh, the offseason and even a little bit after free agency. Um, I know that they've kind of flirted with the idea. Again, we all know that Richard Sherman has that connection with Sulla. They've worked together in the past, you know, as Niners. Uh, but we've got to do something here. Um, if we're going to just move forward and just have these guys bless Austin, he does not bring a lot of confidence in my mind. He's a big question. I guess he would end up probably being our number one again, right? So that would be big question marks there. We've seen him struggle week in and week out with various yeah. wide receivers. Um, you know, we all like Hall, but he's shown flashes. we got to figure out what he is. Is he a number two? Is he a number three? Who knows? Um, but there's some young guys that have come up, like the guys we just brought in. We're talking about Pinnock. He's a guy that we drafted, just drafted. Oh, yeah. They're talking about him working with the first team. We'll see what we get out of him. Yep. Echols. Uh, people are really high on Echoes as well. Um, him coming in. I know Gundry has talked about being a guy that can work the slot. Um, Isaiah Dunn is constantly being talked about some of the plays that he made. We all know, as you know as well, he's a you know, he's one of the highest paid undrafted free agent corners ever. You know, so so there must be oh, yeah. some type of reason that, that the Jets paid him that much, you know what I mean? Uh, but he's flying yeah. around out there. He's, you know, they're saying he's going to be able to make plays. So there's a lot of guys, a lot of potential, but there's not a lot of proven anything there. And that's a big question, especially when you're talking about the number one uh, uh, corner position, because bless often it just, my goodness, we saw him just get hooked all last year, Bill.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I feel bad for that guy. I mean, he came out of college, had a lot of injuries. And, you know, McKagan wanted to give the guy a shot, gave him a shot. He's in the league. So, you know, he could, guy can hopefully make some – a a career out of this to some extent, but I don't know if the guy's ready for this. Um, I'm thinking at this point, like you said, bless, we'll see what happens. Bless, bless, but, you know, we might bless him and send him out the door. And we got, uh, (laughs) you know, the situation we're looking at, a a veteran, from what I'm hearing from uh, some people just who were talking to me a little bit closer connected than I am, I don't don't know if this whole Richard Sherman thing's going to happen, mainly because he's such a big union guy. And yeah. the team has a lot of young players there. And I'm hearing that this whole mess going on around the league with guys not going to camp. So, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of noise in the background of things that we don't think about as fans that, you know, some people explain somebody's things to me. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't really think that a new coach with a young QB and a young team is going to want a guy. And who's just, you know, really uh, involved with the leadership of that, that in terms of uh, some of these other things that may be conflicting to what the coaching may want to do. So I, I heard that and that explanation made some sense So um, at this point. I think they're going to stick with the guys they have, go with the horses they have, and get these guys ready to go. And then who knows in the next draft maybe bring in some other guys. You know, there's some kids that are in the draft right now, depending on where we we are, and we have the firepower to go up there. I mean, it's the kid out of LSU. I don't want to get ahead of myself in the next year's draft, but they, I mean the kid is a magnificent uh, prospect, and there's the firepower to, to go up and get him. Especially if we're set in so many other positions, we really need to get that star uh, player. Then you know we have the luxury of being able to kind of trade up if necessary. So I think I really think. Yeah, you know, we're going to season with the guys we have, and to your point, I'm not sure who's going to be one and two. Like you said, we have, um, you know, a lot of young guys who could maybe fill in the, in the spots, but it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, you know, and then also one scary. other thing though, we can't forget the uh, the defensive line is so solid that that's going to pull out of pressure up front. We should be able to get some actual pressure without yeah. blitzing. That's going to help on the yeah, back end that. a lot,
1: also. So we'll see with that. Yeah, and, and a lot of people are talking about that as well, Bill. I mean, we'll see how, you know, uh, Quentin Williams come back from that injury that he has right now, mm-hmm. that foot injury. We've got to see how that stuff comes. And, you know, hopefully Lawson really, you know, becomes the guy that that we all hoping that we're getting, <laughs> you know, when we sign him in free agency. You know, all these things. Yeah, but like like people are saying, that pass rush could really generate enough pressure so that it will ease the pressure off of our corners. But we play some teams this year, Bill, you know, that might be able to to hold that pass rush off just long enough, you know, and that's when we're going to get tested. That's when we're going to get tested on the back end. So I'm hoping that, you know, our guys would be able to cover it. But listen, Bill, I got to get back to these lines, man. They are cooking. Yep. Salutes to you. I want to thank you for calling in tonight, my friend. You have a good one. You too. Absolutely. Thanks. I have a good one. Listen, Bill called in with a call. Give Give him a hand, man. Listen, we're going to keep going with these lines to loose the bill, man. There's so much to talk about. Uh, This football team, again, mandatory minicamps. People are excited. Marcus May showing up. You know, he's ready to go. Crowder restructuring his contract. So much going on surrounding New York Jets. So much positivity. Um, I just absolutely love it, man. I love it. So now we're going to keep going to these lines again, 515 602 515 Call in. We're talking to everybody. So we're going to get back to these lines. Again, I'm going to area code 845-845. I'm coming directly to you. You look like a new caller. Give me your name, where you're from, and give me your thoughts about, you know, Jameson Crowder restructuring his contract.
3: Well, it's good. Long Beach, Joe. It's Justin. Long time, no talk.
1: What's going on, Justin? Hey, listen, man. What's going on, Justin, man? It's good to speak with you. Uh, super knowledgeable football fan. You know you're a Jets, man. Give me your thoughts about this Jamison Crowder restructure. How do you feel about it, my friend? Mm. It,
3: this is a win-win situation. We're, I think we're finally doing it right we got drafted offensive linemen. We're giving our young quarterbacks some weapons. I think we finally learned from what we didn't do for Donald. as sad as it is to say, I think we're finally doing it the right way. We got yeah. new offensive shiny weapons to keep your young quarterback upright. We got Jamison Crowder as Let's just pencil him in for wide receiver three on a pay cut, which is a no-brainer because he had no leverage bringing in Cole and these other guys. We got Corey Davis. Uh, I'm pumped up. So, I mean, Crowder yeah. taking a pay cut, I love it. It's, it's it's a no-brainer. The people that are saying cut him or whatever, trade him, no. Because you, you never know. Come training camp, these injuries always – Always come one way or another. It's just part of the game. And last year we saw it. We lacked depth. This year, wide receiver goes from one of our weakness to hopefully one of our strengths.
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, Like you said as well, when you look at the situation last year, we did. We lacked depth. There was a lot of issues. This this offseason, we come in, we get Corey Davis. You know, we brought in Keelan Cole. We were able to draft a lot some more. We got you know Jamison Crowder brought into the building. You know, so there's there's been a lot brought in that could that has definitely strengthened this wide receiver score and what we're bringing there. And that's why I want to get to you because I have to talk to you in a little bit. Might wanna, there's some stuff going on with your phone there, Justin. But you know, there, there's I want to I wanted to talk to you about the situation with your with the. Um, with our core here and us drafting Elijah Moore, I want you to give me your thoughts about him. Were you surprised that the Jets took him early in that second round, man? I'll be honest with you.
3: I'm, I'm getting a little bit uh, – I think everyone's getting either people are a little bit too high on MIMS or they're either too low on MIMS. I'm kind of mm. in the middle where this guy missed six games last year. He missed all of training camp. I'm basically considering – a rookie last year was a wash with Case, so I mean people are either too high on him or either too low on him. I'm kind of somewhere in the middle where I I just need to see Mims progress during training camp. I like what I'm seeing with Moore. I I think that's good and it's because it's more of an insurance policy. That's that's what Moore was and I like what I'm seeing from him. I mean, but I mean as far as Mims is concerned, I I think people are either too high on Mims or too low. I think we gotta Pump our brakes on Mims a little bit because I really consider last year a wash at this point for him. So come training camp, well, I, maybe I'll expect a little bit more for him. But I mean, the guy wasn't really on the field much last year.
1: Yeah, well, I think I think most. I mean, outside of the, I think he missed like four games due to that hamstring injury that he had. Uh, those issues, but outside of that, I think a lot of that, a lot of the issues that we had last year was based on scheme. We saw him not be yeah. game plan for. You know, at all within within Adam Gaze's scheme, and we saw Adam Gaze misutilize a bunch of guys. <laughs> you know, offense. You know, last year we were just Hell, we saw him mishandle. You know, we saw him mishandle Sam Darnold. To the point where Sam Darnold had to go to him and say, hey, listen, you're running stuff that doesn't work well for my skill set. You know, that's public knowledge. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. So It was ridiculous. Uh, But the the little bit that we did see from Mims, the excitement, you know, that we we did have when we watched him play and able to, you know, get catches was the big catching radius, the ability to make plays, even when the coverage was extremely tight. Uh, we could see that he you know, was physical. We could see the athletic ability. We saw the speed. We saw those things. But I think that this season is healthy. That's the big thing for me is he's got to yeah. remain healthy. If healthy, I think we'll see him continue to flourish within this new scheme because I think Mike Moflore and the scheme that he's bringing in, he's going to yeah. make sure that the ball is going to be spread out evenly and guys are going to yeah. get their opportunity, especially with, like you talked about, Justin, as well, the strength of the wide receiving core. I think Corey Davis is a guy that's going to take away a lot of, you know, double coverage from everyone else. I think people are really going to focus on Davis and try to shut him down, and everybody else is really going to be able to feast because you got Crowder out there, you've got Moore out there, you've got Keelan Cole out there, and you got Mims out there. They can't double cover everybody. You know what I'm saying? Somebody going to be singled up. Somebody is going to have favorable matchups and you'll be able to beat and I especially think that Mims – and uh, and Crowder are definitely going to have that. And, again, Elijah Moore coming in as the weapon X, being moved around and stuff like that, he's going to absolutely be able to rip defenses apart because he's going to have a lot of nightmare matchups where he's going to be versus, you know, maybe versus linebackers. or guys are just not as athletic, as fast, and as gifted as him, and he's going to be able to take them to school, Justin. So I can definitely see all that stuff happening. Yeah. Our wide receiver record greatly improved. Now, Justin, I want to ask you about this, man, because, again, we haven't talked in a little bit, Give me your thoughts about the Jets drafting Zach Wilson. Was he the guy that you wanted? Are you excited about him being, being here? We're hearing a lot of great things from him so far from OTAs and some mandatory camps. How do you feel about him?
3: I mean, I I mean, yeah, I mean I mean I was excited about Darnold, so I just I, I think mm. he's different this time around. We, we, we got a offensive lineman in the first round, which I I people were complaining that we traded up for this guy. If this guy was ranked that high on Joe Douglas's board, I think we still need to go after Moses. Hopefully we can get a contract done with him. If we can get him, I, I, I'm very confident in this team. Mm-hmm. There's no reason why yeah. this team, bearing any injuries, cannot compete or get at least a playoff spot this year. I really think it's, yeah. it's going to be a significant jump with, with just getting rid of Adam Gates and adding a few offensive weapons, I think it's gonna be a huge leap.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I do as well. Just the coaching alone I think is so much better, you know, than in the past. That's gonna help us win a lot of games. It's gonna make sure that we see the best out of these young players, you know, because again there was a lot of talent being misused and mishandled, uh, you know, when Gaze was here. So I, I definitely see you there, Justin. Now I wanna to go to this tight end position with you, man. Because there's a lot of talk. A lot of people are talking about Herndon. A lot of people talking about, you know, other guys that we have within the position group. I'm big on Kenny Yeboah. What are your thoughts about this tight end position? And do you think that it's Herndon's position to lose, start, his starting position to lose? I'm going to say right
3: now. Do you right think now, that a guy words. can
1: take it from him?
3: I'm going to say two words, wide open. No one's tight mm-hmm. end. You think you're big on uh, Imbola Dude, the dude's had had like two or three big drops already as undrafted. I mean, it may not be like a big thing, but that may come training camp those reps might go down and down and down, and as a undrafted guy it's very tough so and I think herndon is Herndon is the same thing. the drops keep adding up. I think that the, the yeah. tight end position is wide open fair game for everyone. I see Kraft made a yeah. touchdown today i mean uh West or whatever he's gonna do, blocking tight end or maybe he'll improve. Yeah. With his hands, because I saw him working on hands, but I don't know. I think the tight tight end right now is just to wait and see who's getting the reps in preseason. That's when it's going to be won. I don't think any of these tight ends are a a lot to make the roster right now. I literally think it's wide open, the best three wins, and that's it.
1: Would you like to see the Jets trade for a tight end? Because I know that there's a lot of people talking about mm. Zach Ertz, man. A lot of people are bringing him up constantly. Mm. See, give me Zach Ertz in yeah, a heartbeat. I don't care. Give me a fifth
3: rounder. That's how you <laughs> give a quarterback, a young quarterback, success with receivers, tight ends. Yes, I take Zach Ertz for a fifth round in a heartbeat. I don't care what anyone nope. says about that. They'd be stupid not to. Value your young quarterback. We we did it with the receivers. We seem to be getting it together with the O-line but a tight end in the mix, ooh, now we're talking. Zach Ertz for a fifth round pick—that's a no-brainer. I do it. I do it yesterday. That—that's not even. I'd probably even give a fourth rounder for him.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, I—I'd look at it. I know Ertz has an injury history, but I'd take a look at it, especially if you know you're looking at the tight end position I, yeah. and guys are just constantly keep dropping footballs. And, and the you thing with him, too, right? Mm-hmm.
3: And the thing with him, too, is he, he, he's going to want to prove it. And that, that's, that fits our kind of mold. He's going to want to prove it. Yeah. He's he's getting up there in age. That's the only thing in the injury history. But th- this guy wants to come back. And this guy, I I feel like he's going to, whatever team he goes to, he's going to want to prove that he can stay on the field healthy and still make an impact. So I, I think that's a no-brainer for a fourth or fifth-round pick. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, I do as well. I want to talk to you a little bit about this offensive line as well because back then dealing with that foot injury, how concerned are you that injuries are going to continue to plague him going into this season? Mm -hmm. Because there's big expectations for him. I talked about him possibly being an All-Pro this year. I definitely think he's going to be able to make the Pro Bowl, but being healthy, it seems to be, should've you know, it's a nagging thing with him. Yeah, you. Yeah, he should have last year. He got robbed last year, but even last year, we saw the injuries, the shoulder injury. There was a, a breathing yeah, issue that he had I, that I kept like him out the game. This games. Stuff like that. How are you feeling about his injury history or his injury issues going into this year, do you think Mm, he'll be all right? uh,
3: Right now I think I want to see how it responds, but I I don't think OTA is just a big deal right now, but I would like to see a veteran and someone else brought in for a little bit of depth. The depth depth we don't really have on the offensive line right now. If we have one big blow, that's why I think if we can bring Moses Moses in and get a deal with him Mm -hmm. done,
1: I think that would be big. Yeah. When you talk about Morgan Moses, and I, I like that name as well, he's a guy that again the Jets have flirted with. They brought him in for workouts, but they haven't been able to really ink down a deal with him. What what kind of deal would you give him if you're the general manager? What is the most did you give Morgan Moses per year to be a Jet man?
3: Hmm, honestly, really, I I don't know. I probably I gotta look at the what's the the market for offensive linemen getting up there. I mean, he's a veteran, so I mean, I don't think he yeah. would come too pro. We got the money, so I don't think that the yeah. money is really the issue. I think there's if you can work out a reasonable two-year deal or a one-year-incentivized deal, I, and there's no reason why you can't, mm-hmm. I don't think money's an issue now. Now that we got a little bit more with Crowder, I don't think that's going to yeah. be an issue at all. I mean, it's the yeah, thing I if he wants that. to be here or he's going to choose us or he's
1: going to go somewhere else. I don't think money's going to be an issue at all. Yeah, I, 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 you know, like you said as well, especially with the little bit that we say with Crowder, I can see us maybe utilizing that to get a deal done with him and being uh, him being brought in here again. You know, I respect Fant. I respect what he does. But if you can upgrade at that position, then you do it. Uh, because let me tell you something. We also saw last year what happens when... Your offensive line's not up to snuff like it should be. We saw pressure left and right, and there were issues, yeah. man. There were big-time issues. Now, my final question yeah. before I let you go, Justin, is: this, this has been a phenomenal call from you is Marcus May reports to mandatory minicamp, man. I know the Jets are Can't still talk. looking to try to see, yeah, see a deal done with him. Dude, what are your thoughts about that, and what do you think we should pay Marcus for a year, man? There's been a lot of talk about what he's looking at. What are you feeling about it? I, I, I'll be honest. I, I said this months
3: ago. We we need to set a pre- pre- precedent about keeping our own guys. I get it. He doesn't fit mm-hmm. the system. If you can get a a, a team friendly deal and a deal that works for him, I, I I would get it done. I've been saying it for months. Get it done. We we don't re sign our own. It sets with a new coach and a GM in the building. That way, someone has stayed. And people people want to stick around because they know they're gonna get paid. I think we gotta do it, do it finally. I, I'm not getting, I mean, I'm not giving him no Justin Simmons numbers, fifteen million, Eric Berry, all those type of numbers. But I mean, I think twelve or thirteen per year, something like that, that's reasonable. Okay. Okay. Maybe yeah, maybe 11.3, something like that. I mean, maybe four year, forty four million something, maybe twenty five guarantees, something like that works. But I'm not giving him no fifteen million, nothing like that. But twelve or thirteen million seems like it's pretty reasonable for what you hope to be a,
1: a, a, all, a all-pro safety. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that that'd be a solid deal for us. I'm I'm really looking to see how the Jets handle the situation again. That deadline, I think it's July 15th. You know that's coming up. I'm hoping that we can get a deal done with him because, like you said, a guy and that, it, and that, it, that 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 goes to the wall for you, you got to be able to keep your own man.
3: Yeah, and the thing with that is too that that Davis Davis was kind of up and down, inconsistent, and got hurt. He was so. I mean, what well, what do you have really behind him? So I mean, yeah, I think that a deal you should try to get a deal done. But I want to ask you a question: What do you think the weaknesses on our team right now? I got one for you. Ooh. How would we talk about yeah. kicker? Kicker, that that's probably our biggest weakness right now. It's going to make a difference, I think. Like it always does. I, I'm still baffled how we have this guy in, in the building still. Our kicker. We need to get yeah. a kicker.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, that that yeah, that that's one of I guess you can consider a weakness. I think Ficken is uh, still there. I think we'll explore other possibilities as well. But yeah. there's a lot of other weaknesses too. You talk about kicker, backup quarterback. You know, James Morgan. We don't know. We don't know why, we don't know. why ones have ones we not discuss. brought in a veteran? I think that that's a big time question. Uh, I think when you look at the situation, we talked about tight end as well being a weakness. We don't know what's going on there. Corner, I think, is a huge weakness. Mm. We don't know if we you have a whole lot of young guys. We have a number two. You got to hope one of them. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people that don't have faith in Hall because they're still trying to figure out who he is and what he is. Is he a number one? Is he a number two? Is he a slot guy? We've seen flashes, but there's a lot of people that question him as well. So there's question marks up and down the cornerback position yeah. from one, two to even slot. You know, Brian Poole is not here. Okay. He's out of jail. Why? We're, we're why? Why is he there. still available,
3: and, too? I, I, that's the question, too. Yeah.
1: yeah. So there's a lot of questions, you know what I'm saying? But I definitely think backup quarterback, I'm thinking corner, um, you know, kicker, you can throw that in there. there. There's some, you know, there's some questionable spots here that still need some addressing. But, again, with the way that Joe uh, does it, we can continue. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, some people question outside mm-hmm. linebacker as well. Some people don't like Cashman. I know that he's had an injury history as well there, you know. So there's some questions. But, you know, the the weaknesses at corner are glaring. I'm talking glaring, man. It's yeah. so we got to see. And even yeah. uh, another position of weakness as well, right guard. we got to figure out who's going to be there. Because Van Roten, Lewis, I don't want either one of those guys stepping in. Can Cam Clark be the guy that's going to fill that position? We'll yeah, know. that's a no, good question. We'll see. Yeah, that's a huge question. And we've seen what happens when you allow pressure coming straight up the middle at a young quarterback. We saw what happened with Sam Darnold. We saw it. Yeah. We saw Connor McGovern not be able to get the job done. Again, Lewis and, and Van Broke was right beside him, and they were, he was getting destroyed on a weekly basis. And it destroyed his progression, and it destroyed our offense. We saw it. So, yeah, Justin, listen, Justin, this has been a heck of a call from you, my man. Give this guy a hand, Studio audience. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to give you a hand, Justin. Listen. Justin, it's been great speaking to you, man. Next time I have a show, I want to hear from you, bro. It's always good to talk yep, football with you. you. Got it. You're a super knowledgeable Jets fan, man.
3: All right. We'll talk to you later.
1: Absolutely. You have a good one. Listen, Justin calling in, man. This guy knows his stuff, man. He knows. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, That was a phenomenal call. So many passionate Jets fans talking about things, man. A lot of people talking about, you know, how they're feeling about this football team. It's just been wonderful night tonight. Had quite a bit of callers. Man, listen, there's so much to figure out. I'm hoping, again, that the Jets can get a deal done with Marcus May. This crowd restructure really, really uh, impacts us quite a bit because he's coming back. And this wide receiver position that was an issue, you know, last season is now a strength. It's now something that we can look at and really hang our hats on, and that does nothing but bode well for our young quarterback, you know. Still trying to figure out this tight end position, you know. We got some guys that we think could be solid blockers and Westco and Brown, but who's going to be the pass catcher? Is Chris Herndon going to come around? Is it Kenny Yaboa? You know, we'll see. We'll see. So it's a lot, lot to talk about, a lot of discussion that we have. But now I'm going to go ahead and close out the show. It's been a heck of a show, a lot of fun. Listen, I am the man of the people. I am here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on The Long Beach Joe Show. I'm also on Twitter as well at YoungJ000. Again, that is Young J YoungJay000, all right? You want to troll me? No problems. I'll troll you right back. I am the troll that lives under the bridge, and I will have my Vera Tucker jersey on at all times, okay? I will have that jersey on at all times. UFC fight on, you know what I mean? So we'll be down there. You want to troll me? No issue. We'll troll you right back. I'm also on YouTube as well. Long Beach Joe Jets. Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube. Go there. Subscribe to that channel there. My content's up there. You know, we also game on that channel as well, so we play games, we go back and forth. Uh, if you want to troll me in the comments, there are no issues. I'll troll you right back over there as well. So, again, please subscribe, give my videos a thumbs up, and comment, and we can go back and forth. And as always, people, when I see you in person, all right, it is arms out, chest open, free hugs for everyone, okay? Free hugs for everyone. The hugs will cost you absolutely nothing. Don't listen to anyone that says the hugs aren't free. They will always remain free, All right. I want to thank you folks for listening. Without you folks, we are absolutely nothing. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen and call into the show. It's phenomenal to speak with everyone. Again, I want to thank the Gotham City crew, you know, man, for coming on. Cardillo Paulo, I want to thank him again. It was phenomenal to speak with him. So you folks have a good one. Peace. (laughs)